Hello, my name is Jess Lindley and this is Arthur's Heroes, the podcast from Arthur's Place, the magazine and social network for young adults with arthritis. You can find us at arthursplace.co.uk and follow Arthur's Place on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. This podcast is supported by Novartis UK. We are grateful to Novartis for their support, but they have no influence over the content of the podcast. Today on the Arthur's Place podcast, I'm talking to Neve. Hello, Neve. Hi. Hi. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> um, so, Neve, for the benefit of our listeners, could you just explain a bit about your journey with arthritis so far, um, when you were diagnosed, that kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it started about two and a half years ago with a sort of uh, pain in my knee when I bent down and things. Um, took quite a while, like nearly a year to get diagnosed. Um, and so kind of this time last year, they diagnosed me with seronegative polyarthritis, which is basically rheumatoid arthritis without the rheumatoid factor showing in the bloods. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah. Never heard of that one. That's a new one oh, on me. Oh, yes. <laughs> Okay, um, and so you do something really cool for a job. So would you like to explain a bit about about what you do? Um, yeah. Just for the listeners. Yeah, of course. So I am an embroidery artist. Um, I mostly focus on feminist and botanical embroidery. So a lot of uh, plants and, and a fair amount of swear words, I guess. Um, <laughs> Um, but I, um, so I do that. I teach workshops. So I teach people, uh, how to do embroidery. Um, I was lucky enough to be on a BBC two program, um, about it. And I'm currently writing a book about it as well. So, yeah. Wow. That's <laughs> really one of the, the most unique, um, jobs that we've had, um, on this podcast. So, Thanks. um, yeah, I just wanted to ask you, so you're an embroidery artist. How does that work with having arthritis? Because I know that if I have to like sew on a button or whatever, it makes <laughs> my fingers really sore. So how do you balance those two things out? Um, so I'm lucky enough that up until this point, it hasn't shown in my hands. Um, so it's pretty much everywhere else in my body. So ankles, knees, hips, elbows, um, and it's only recently that they've discovered that there's a slight swelling in my little finger on my right hand, which is something that I'm kind of trying to come to terms with because obviously that's, you know, I'm, I'm 28, so I'm still quite young. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that has a huge implication on what, what might happen in my future, but I'm sort of just taking it day by day. I take it slow if I feel like it's kind of getting too much. Yeah, um, yeah and, and, and just be aware and don't kind of push myself too much. Yeah. Do you think you'll have to learn to sew left-handed at some point? Oh, God. <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, it's fine. terrified it's some... you now. Yeah, it's something to consider, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, I cannot do anything left-handed, so... Yeah, no, neither can I. <laughs> but the possibility is always there. Yes. Um, okay, so you mentioned that you've been on... TV on this BBC programme, which some of the listeners might have watched. Um, so can you give a bit of like detail about how you found out about it, how you decided to go on TV, what that kind of whole application process was like? Because it's really cool and something yeah. that most people probably won't ever do in their lives. So, Yeah, no, of course. So the programme was a BBC two show called the Victorian House of Arts and Crafts. 
Um, and basically my dad, who is a light designer, he's kind of, uh, he's very arty, one of the biggest supports I have in my life uh, when it comes to my artwork. He saw this post on Facebook, like calling all creative people. We're looking for makers, you know, embroidery, woodwork, um, pottery, all this kind of stuff. And so my dad sent me this post and was just like, you should, you should apply. And I was like, okay, well, I'm never going to get on TV. So sure, I'll apply. <laughs> um, and then I got an email back and then it was a phone interview and then a Skype interview. And then from that, they whittled down to 12, uh, 12 makers. And we all went for a casting day in Bath. Wow. Um, where we had to like make things and see how we would be on like in front of cameras they were filming us the whole day and stuff and then from that they chose um six people to go to go on on the show that's so cool um <laughs> how was how was that that kind of casting day because it sounds like quite a, a grueling process um yeah the only thing I think I've maybe ever done that's similar is university applications which <laughs> yeah. take an equally long amount of time but nobody ever films you so I yes. think it was kind of a, like a, a kind of chronic condition how did you like pace yourself through all of that um it was it was difficult because at that point so this was um August last year and I had literally just started needing to use a walking stick like about a week before the casting. So I was kind of going into it being like, oh my God, you know, I'm, this is, I, I now present as a chronically ill person. You know, you look yeah. at me and you know that there's something wrong. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of daunting going into it because I was worried that they, you know, they'd look at me and think, oh, she's not going to be able to, to do anything. She's not going to be up for this. Um, they, they were very aware. They were very kind of cautious with what, they would ask me to do and things and, and ultimately like the BBC and Lion TV who produced it were, were so brilliant when it came to my came to my condition. Um, so it wasn't really a really an issue, luckily. <laughs> Which is nice. That's nice. Yeah, that's nice to hear. Cause I think a lot of the people who are listening probably would think, oh gosh, I would never go on TV. Like I've got a walking stick or I've got X, Y, or Z thing that's a bit yeah. different about me. And so you've kind of plowed on through that at a very yeah. early stage as well <laughs> in your kind of whole arthritis journey. So uh, do you think the baptism of fire kind of helped you to get through it or? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, I suppose so. I, I kind of looked at the, at the walking stick as, as, a joyful thing rather than a thing to be kind of scared and worried about I was like right you know you can take this either two ways you can either find the joy in the situation or you can just get completely depressed by it being like oh my god I'm 27 and I need a mobility aid you know yeah. um and and I just decided to be like right okay well when I'm in London it means I get to take the bus and then I can see things out of the window and you know I get to go a bit slower and notice more things that most people going fast would miss and yeah, I, I just decided to look at it as, as a positive thing in the fact that it would able, you know, able me to, to see more of the world. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really interesting perspective. Never thought about it like that. <laughs> um, okay, so now can you tell us a bit about the, the TV show and what you had to do and like what it involved, that kind of thing? Yeah, of course. So, so the show, um, basically, they were taking six craftspeople and from various different disciplines and uh, putting them back in time to the Victorian era, to the arts and crafts movement of William Morris and John Ruskin, which is something that I'm very passionate about. So it involved wearing the clothes, eating the food, using the tools. Like it was 
it was intense. It was a month in a house with five other people that I'd never like I'd met once before on the craft on the casting day. Um, you know, and and they chucked us into this thing. And so every week they would give us a new room in the house that we would have to make objects for that were kind of uh, key to the arts and crafts movement, which, um, you know, they, they'd make us do it in a week. So they'd be like, right, OK, so you're going to make this this Sussex chair in a week. Here is a log and an axe. Have fun, basically. Oh, my word. <laughs> so, just horribly stressful i mean absolutely brilliant like you know life-changingly wonderfully brilliant but bloody hell at the time it was so intense <laughs> <laughs> so whether i presume between you you had kind of a range of crafts because if somebody gave me a log that would not be becoming yeah. a chair anytime <laughs> soon yeah so um myself obviously embroidery uh we had uh, Bryony who was a silversmith abby who was the woodworker stephen was pottery rod um was a was a bladesmith he's a he's a blacksmith um and we had ilsa who is a product designer so she kind of was given things like wallpaper to do and, and ah. things like that yeah so they they chose things that we kind of specialized in and then in the couple like in the last two weeks they basically made us do anything and everything that they thought would be fun to make us do so, so I had to design curtains and things like wow. that. Which, yeah, yeah. What what That's were your favourite? What was your favourite thing out of all the things that you made on the program? God, it's really difficult to choose. <laughs> um, obviously, so they made me embroider a bedspread in a week. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and and I love that object, but that was an incredibly stressful week for me because it was my passion if that makes sense. And I had to yeah. show and I had to show embroidery and showcase it to the entirety of everyone who was going to watch this TV programme. So it really felt like there was a lot of pressure on me. I can imagine. Well, no, I probably yeah. can't imagine, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think my favourite object would be the curtains that I made with Bryony. So we had to design a pair of political curtains to hang in the dining room. Political curtains? Political curtains. Mm. <laughs> and I love them. And we got the objects back once we finished filming. Okay. So they're now hanging in my flat wow. so I get to see them every day and be like that is something that I achieved in a week this is a testament to what I can achieve when I put my mind to it so that's, that's quite a nice thing to have <laughs> so one more question on this on this yes <laughs> how, how were the curtains political <laughs> okay so um so they were inspired by Walter Crane who was a political sort of uh, illustrator and maker a uh, very kind of socialist mm -hmm. um so they wanted us to include a political aspect my immediate thought was a poem called the bread and roses which was a socialist oh, poem oh I do know I know the song yeah yeah, yeah yeah exactly so so it was the idea of hearts starve as well as bodies give us bread but give us roses you know it's this idea that you need more in life than just sort of food and survival you need art and passion and love and all of that so we we worked some uh, some motifs that we kind of came up with into the curtains and so yes political curtains oh, wow <laughs> sounds amazing okay so obviously you lived as a Victorian for yes. a month how was managing your arthritis living as a Victorian um it was it was mostly fine actually I think I was it sounds silly but I was almost so busy that I just didn't think about it there wasn't time to kind of consider the pain that I was feeling and stuff so I just sort of really pushed myself and soldiered on through which is probably not a sensible thing to do at all um but that was how it was <laughs> and and I and I really didn't I talk about it on camera I mean everyone there knew that I had it but 
I was kind of worried that if I bought it up too early, then people would just judge me on the basis of like, oh, hasn't the disabled girl done well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it wasn't until the last episode, episode four, that I actually um, decided to, to speak about it. Um, and then when the episode aired, the reaction was just sort of mind blowing, like Instagram just blew up with people saying thank you for for kind of telling your truth and thank you for for raising awareness on this, which was just something I hadn't really considered, you know, that I was doing. I was just sort of being honest and, and that really blew me away. That was amazing. Yeah, because I suppose... So I've talked to obviously a few different people now and one thing that always comes out is people's kind of concerns about how they might be viewed by their friends or their family or members of the public or whoever and you've kind of taken that and blown it out of the water because you've (laughs) talked about your arthritis on national television to a load of complete strangers. So talk me through a bit the decision that you came to about doing that because I imagine that you could have just let episode four come and go without really making a big deal of it but why did you decide that that needed to change? Yeah so in episode four they asked myself and Abby who was the woodworker to make an arts and crafts magazine they were a huge fan of making informal magazines Um, and they said you know make it political because the arts and crafts movement was very political I was like right what's political actually it's people who deal with chronic illnesses on a day-to-day basis who are mostly unseen mostly misunderstood or you know people aren't aware of the problems so I wrote about um, my diagnosis what it meant and why making is important to me but also to kind of people with chronic illness in general this idea that if you if you make and you can you know uh, kind of succeed enough to have a small business and to run your own business it it will help you in the fact that if you're feeling ill if you're having a flare-up you're able to take that time off rather than trying to justify to employers who might not understand your your condition might not get your illness and you know we've all got sort of a certain amount of sick days that we can take if you work a kind of normal nine-to-five job before they start pulling you up and investigating you which is really unfair but yeah so I was I was that was what I kind of wanted to wanted to highlight and wanted to talk about and so how did the the producers and the other people that you were doing the program with how did they kind of take it when you made that decision they they were really happy about it i think they wanted me to talk about it because they were aware of what a platform it was and and what a waste it would be if i didn't use that platform and didn't use my voice um because it is an issue that's really important to me um so they 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 were never going to push me they were never going to sit me down and be like right today we're talking about arthritis you know they they wanted it to come as a natural thing and they understood my decision to leave it until the last episode to to actually talk about it. But they were brilliant about it. That's really nice to hear. Um, I can imagine that there were probably employers or who wouldn't be kind of as supportive of that decision. But especially when it's something that's going to be seen by so many people, as you say, it really does give you a platform and an opportunity to get that that message out there to people. And I suppose you were saying about making your curtains and you see them every day and I joked about you learning to sew left-handed I'm sorry (laughs) Um, but 
if eventually you know the worst happens and you can no longer like I hope this doesn't happen but yeah. <laughs> you can no longer kind of do things at the the rate that you are doing now you will always have yeah. those things that you've created and you'll always have those achievements they're never yeah. going to go away yeah. so is that kind of a comfort to you or yeah definitely and I think it's one of the reasons that creating is so important it's because it literally means that something that you have envisioned in your head and then you've made with your hands is then suddenly an object that exists in the world that wouldn't have existed without you. And I think that is so incredibly important. And I think that people should be doing anything creative, you know, anything they want. I think people need to try things because like, it'll just blow your mind, <laughs> like what you can actually make. And then you, you know, have it sitting on your, I don't know, mantelpiece at home and you can look at it and be like, yeah, that exists because of me. Like, that's so cool. <laughs> Yeah, and it's kind of a, a method of validation, I suppose, to kind of reaffirm your, your self-worth. Because I think when you are struggling with something that can't be seen on the outside most of the time, um, you know, arthritis is by its very nature invisible. People, yeah. you know, you, you kind of start to, to wonder a bit about... Um, well, I don't want to say whether it's all in your head because it's yeah. obviously not, but you know, yeah. you, there, there is probably a lot of self-doubt that goes with it. And if you can create that tangible thing, then it's it's kind of a way of saying, look, this is me and this is what I can do. So that's really nice. Yeah, yeah no, I agree with that, definitely. <laughs> um, so to, what happened next? Because obviously you said Instagram went wild. What's yeah. been the kind of... the the knock-on effect of your decisions um so I continue to be very open after the show on Instagram about it so you know I've um posted videos of myself injecting myself with um with my Atanasept which is the medication that I'm on um and and you know kind of talking about it if I have a difficult day if I'm having a flare-up just kind of making people aware that it doesn't go away, you know, like, I, think, yeah. I think because people can't see it, they sort of forget about it. And actually, I, I want people to be aware that there are so many people out there struggling every single day. And just because you can't see it, it doesn't mean it's it's suddenly better or it's gone away or something, you know. And it can get really overwhelming sometimes, like if you consider the future and stuff. And I I don't know, I have a really supportive community on on Instagram who who really kind of helped me through through those periods, which I'm very lucky. Yeah. And so you're writing a book. Oh God, yeah. Tell me a bit about that. <laughs> I keep forgetting. <laughs> so, um... sorry for reminding you. All, no, I've, done, okay. all I've done in this podcast is uh, make controversial statements, left under doing, and now writing a book. Exactly. Oh God. <laughs> no. So, so when the when the fourth episode of the show aired, and I spoke about my journey, and I kind of uh, read out some of the writing that I'd done. I was lucky enough to literally 10 minutes after the after the episode aired, I got an email from from um, a gentleman called Gordon from an agency, a, a literary agency, who basically said you need to write a book. <laughs> like, oh, God. OK, cool. <laughs> um, so it's I, I've, I've started writing it, which is nice. And they like what I've written so far, which is also nice. Um, and, and it's, it's going to be a memoir about my journey which feels really narcissistic, but, you know, I've, I've already discovered that speaking my truth will help people um, feel less alone and will hopefully educate able-bodied people who don't understand what we go through. So 
trying to get over the narcissism thing by by telling myself it's going to do good. Oh, it will. I don't, yeah. I don't think it's, it's narcissistic. I think it's selfless, actually. Putting yourself out there to help others because sometimes it would be a lot more comfortable, I'm sure, to just sit at home and not not talk about your journey to the rest of the world. But you're going out there and you're doing that. So yeah, well, yeah. thanks. So don't worry about that. That makes um, me feel better. <laughs> Well, there we go. At least I said one good thing. Yes. <laughs> okay. So yes, the book. What's it? What's it going to be? It's going to be a memoir. And will there be pictures of your creations? Yes. So sort of part memoir, part self-help book, maybe. Um, and then yeah, there'll be. I mean, I want to embroider the front cover and have that as a photograph wow. for the front cover, obviously. But that seems very ambitious. But I mean, you know, so does writing a book. So I'm sure it's going to be fine. Going um, to television. I mean, you're just smashing, yeah. smashing through the hurdles one at a time here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so yeah, there will be. I'm sure there will be pictures. I'm going to do little um, illustrations of embroidery stitches for the front of each wow. chapter. And yeah. Oh my God, I've got to write a book. <laughs> okay. So important question for the listeners when and where yeah. will we be able to buy this book well when it's written hopefully in all good reputable bookstores <laughs> <laughs> um but there are i mean i have to write the thing before we can even think about publishing it but but yeah. the uh the agents that i have are absolutely amazing so you know fingers crossed it will happen otherwise i'll self-publish i don't know <laughs> do you think that the slightly out there off the wall choices that you've made over the past couple of years have really helped to put you into a position where you can better cope with your condition yeah I mean definitely I think being more open has really helped because you're not sort of you know I'm not bottling it up inside um I I you know kind of writing a book and and making making work has given me the opportunity to um so cut down hours at my normal job because I still work a normal job I'm doing all of this with a with a nine to five as well gosh <laughs> yeah um and that that's all brilliant and I and I have an absolutely amazing partner who really helps when I'm bad you know when I'm having a really bad flare-up you know even down to having to take my tights off at night and stuff because I can't physically do it myself um so so all of that combined has definitely made it easier but obviously I've only had it for kind of two and a bit years. So I'm, it's, it's all still quite, quite a new experience, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like you've made a good start. So I'll ask just a few final questions. So yes. um, these are things that I try to ask of everybody who does the podcast. Just Excellent. Some, some random, you know, standard general knowledge kind of questions. So um <laughs> Obviously, you're like a very creative person. Um, if you're like deep in a flare, having a really bad day, do you have like a song or a TV program or something that's like your go-to to make you feel better? Um, I've got a couple of TV programs that I will stick on. Um, so The Good Place. So they're both on Netflix, so you can easily accessible. Um, the Good Place and Shit's Creek. I don't know if you've seen both of them, but they're wonderful uh you know kind of easy humor that never aims down which i find really important you know it never it never picks on the smaller people the humor always aims up and i think that's really cool okay so laughing is the uh, laughter is the best medicine is that a saying exactly. or have i made that yes up? no no that's definitely a saying <laughs> 
Okay, and obviously you're you're writing your own book, but what's your favourite book to read? Oh my god! So I'm a huge <laughs> nerd, huge nerd. So uh, Harry Potter has to be in there, but also I I try and reread Lord of the Rings once a year because, like wow. I say, huge nerd. That is uh, a commitment. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then another thing, I think, to be honest, laughter is good medicine, but I think the best medicine is food. What's your yes. your favourite thing to eat when you're just feeling rubbish and need cheering up? Uh, my grandma makes an amazing uh, Irish onion soup, which involves wow. a lot of potatoes because, you know, Irish. Yes. Um, yeah, so she sent me the recipe for that. So I try and make that when I can. <laughs> wow, sounds delicious. How did you come across Arthur's Place? And how's the Arthur's Place community, the, the kind of social network that it's created, how's that been helpful to you over the past couple of years or however long it's been since you discovered it? Um, so I, I found Arthur's Place by sort of doing some uh, Facebook Googling. Is that a thing? That's not a thing, is it? Searching on Facebook. <laughs> Searching on Facebook when I was kind of feeling particularly low and particularly sort of despairing about the diagnosis, kind of thinking like, you know, I've, I'm so young. There's so much, hopefully, of my life to go. And I already yeah. have this condition that will just get worse and worse. Yeah, it's um, yeah. <laughs> really cheerful. Sorry, guys. No, it's fine. I'm sure it's a familiar feeling for, for many yeah. of us. I'm 23, so I'm in the same Oh, my boat, God. But... Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Super fun. Love yeah. it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I was just sort of searching on Facebook to see if there were any kind of communities out there for young people with arthritis. Um, and, and yeah, kind of stumbled across Arthur's Place and, and I found it really useful. Um, just kind of seeing people posting, seeing what they're going through, knowing that there are other people who understand the issues. It's just a really kind of supportive and lovely community. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so remind our listeners where they can find you, where they can find your television programme, where they can find you on social media, should they wish to look you up I'm gonna look you up on Instagram as soon as we stop recording so the show I was on was uh BBC two it was the Victorian House of Arts and Crafts I don't think it's on iPlayer anymore but I'm fairly certain it's on YouTube if you google it um, <laughs> um you can find me on my website which is just wimpress.co.uk which is my surname um and I am on Instagram as wimpress embroidery um where like I said I'm very uh open and vocal about arthritis and also feminism and also houseplants so yeah <laughs> so just for the listeners that's w-i-m-p-e-r-i-s yes if feminism houseplants and arthritis sounds like your <laughs> cup of tea right up my street uh, thank you very much for coming on neve i've got a lot of television oh, to watch you. now so yes <laughs> um, thank you so much thank you for having me it's been lovely talking to you Thank you for listening to Arthur's Heroes. For more podcasts, information and access to loads of great content for young adults with arthritis, please visit arthursplace.co.uk. You can also find other young adults to chat to in the Arthur's Place social Facebook group. Follow Arthur's Place on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and find out more about Codeword Pineapple, the pin badge for people with an invisible disability at codewordpineapple.org.uk. Thank you to Novartis UK for their support in the production of this podcast.